Well, hi everyone and welcome to Rob Evans 365. We're at day number 400 of our podcast. 400 days in. And to think that it's now 400 consecutive days that I've been able to, to do this. It's a, it's a real commitment. And I'm proud of the, the achievement that I've been able to, to keep doing this. And each day I, I really look forward to it. It's... Uh, you know, it's a high, one of the highlights of my day. Um, it, it drives me to think of new content and how I can help and serve more people. And I want to give a bit of a shout out to uh, some other countries around the world. I'm based in Melbourne, Australia here, but we have people listening in uh, the US, in various states of the US actually. It's interesting how you can, you can break down the stats as to who's listening to the podcast and how far you can go down. I like you can even break down stuff. So I use my my area here, so I live in uh, Melbourne. You can break it down to state, uh, so Melbourne. You can break it down to suburb, and then you can break it down to within postcode, uh, uh, which is is really interesting. So we've got people listening, obviously throughout Australia. We've got people listening in the US. We've got people listening in the UK. Uh, we've got uh, people listening in Europe as well. Uh, so I don't think we've got anyone listening in Russia yet. So there's a challenge. Uh, so welcome. Thank you for giving up some time to, to listen to this. And hopefully this will inspire you to move your life forward in all different directions, but specifically your health and fitness as well. And so for today, I wanted to, to tell you a couple of things. So this morning I'm out, out walking. Uh, the last few days I've been super super busy trying to make some deadlines which I'll tell you about in a second and uh, it's winter here it's a, it's a cold morning and I'm just thought I need to get some sun need to get some fresh air and if you go back and listen uh, to a, a podcast a number of weeks ago uh, where I talked about getting fresh air and what that means to you and uh, the the sun and just being outside in nature just does something about, oh, for me, it really fills my spirit to be in nature, feeling the, the warmth of the sun, seeing blue sky, it helps reduce stress levels, just make you feel good, it distracts you from the other things that may be going on in your life that are, are stressing you out, it's just a, a beautiful feeling. And because the last few days, I've had such a hectic schedule and yesterday going to have my MRI and everything, uh, that took a huge chunk of, of time out of my day. Um, I felt like I, I just didn't have the time that I needed to, to really nurture myself, take care of myself. So I thought today, before my day gets really busy because I've got a crazy day, I'm going to get out early this morning and go for a walk and enjoy some crisp air and some sunshine, so that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. Now, massive milestone again met today, which was submitting my final manuscript to the publisher. Now, you go through a number of different stages, uh, you know, like they've got a couple of different versions of my manuscript for uh, you know different purposes initially, so they could have a look through and see whether it's something that they want to publish and they like it uh, and so forth and uh, so I had it edited uh, by 
a, a professional editor and she's based in uh, Texas. Hi Emily, if you're listening. And then uh, she does like a developmental edit, which is about making sure the, the flow of it works and going through in detail, like word by word, and doing an edit of it. But then once you have it edited, it needs to be proofread. Now a proofread is not just, you know, a mate of yours going through it and reading and say, yeah, yeah, that looks good and oh, there's a comma missing here and that kind of stuff. There is, there is that element to it as well, but it's so much more detailed. So you really need a professional editor, uh, somebody that knows all the right uh, ways to proofread a book and get the get it right in accordance with the very, very, very specific editing guidelines of your publisher. And uh, Emily actually referred me to a great guy, and actually I'm not sure where, he's based in the US, but I'm not exactly sure which state, Nathan's his name, and he's uh, done the proofread for me. So to put this into context, Emily and I, I think, did about four different versions going backwards and forwards with comments and and so forth. Um, proofread has gone, I, when I got it back from her, I had to go through and do some major changes in terms of uh, some of the content that wasn't relevant to, uh, I suppose, the stuff that she was doing, but just in terms of, you know, like the actual workout elements and so forth. And then over to the proofreading, and we've, we've gone through four versions of proofread, uh, just with different comments to and fro and got the last one yesterday this morning I got the final one then I've had to go through and do my final check and just as well I did because there were a, a few things that are final cross references with recipes and and uh, that kind of stuff and making sure that all the details were right and just got to do some of these double checks and triple checks to just make sure we're ready to go to print you want to make sure that everything's been picked up and there were things that Nathan just wouldn't necessarily know. Uh, so, um, just some factual things about, uh, you know, workouts and stuff. So, uh, I've had to go through and do that. And the good news is that uh, the manuscript is now completely final. I have submitted it. I've submitted all the images that need to appear in the book. And I've I submitted the final sign-off uh, documentation that I, was, I needed to give them as well. So my piece of work with the book is done. Day 400, it is complete. So the next day, oh yes, and the other thing that I had to tell them was what is the final version of the cover uh, that I'm going to go with. So they sent me some... Uh, some refined ones yesterday, so we got down to two. I think we started with five. Um, I picked one, went back and said, can we do it in this colour, that colour? Uh, looked at those, there was a clear standout. Then got down to two other versions, like with a font change. Changed that and now have picked the final cover, which looks really impressive. I'm really pleased with it. And that has been submitted this morning as well. So now I think we go through a, a three week or so process of them, uh, you know, putting it into what it's going to look like when it's printed. 
they send that for me for final approval and then I think they do the wrap around the, the book you know, like the back cover the spine and so forth uh, so it's progressing nicely so it's uh, there's been a lot of work over the last couple of weeks probably three weeks for me to get all the steps done in this process but now it's done but enough about that I can now focus on some other other things which is working on my online program going back to working on that but today what I wanted to to focus on more today was from a, a health perspective so I uh, I was doing some research yesterday around diabetes type 2 diabetes and some of the numbers uh, in Australia at least are quite quite astounding for instance the the number of people that are suffering from type 1 diabetes in Australia is around 1 million what's more disturbing I guess is the number of people that are in a pre disposition to type 2 diabetes which is 2 million now to put that in perspective of Australia's population the whole of Australia has about 25 million which doesn't so much compared to some countries I know uh, but that's about 12 percent it's about 12 percent of our population has either diabetes or type 2 diabetes um, disposition now I think the amount of overweight obesity um, people in Australia is around 60 I, I haven't looked this up to confirm so forgive me if it's wrong but it's around two-thirds it's around 60 66 percent of our population is considered overweight or obese now you know that uh, if you're overweight or obese then you're in a high risk category of having type 2 diabetes uh, so it's really disturbing but then I discovered a, another really disturbing element which you know all of these things they, they link together That's 70% of our diets this is obviously an average and based on a sample and so forth but 70% of our diets comprise of processed food 70% to me that's disgusting but all you need to do is next time you're at the supermarket just glance at what the person in front's doing what they you know what they're putting into their trolley and what's the person behind you you know putting up on the counter or whatever and I'm surprised that so few people have a, you know plant-based food and and fresh ingredients on there now I look I get the fact that people shop at different places and so forth but generally speaking most people shop in the one location the one supermarket you know one of the big chains and if there's no fruit and veg going on there on the very little then that's what's also going into them but there's heaps of other stuff you know things that comes in come in uh, boxes and and packets which aren't fresh food now I can tell you that when so I went to Aldi yesterday because it's uh, I, was, I was on the way home it's also near the gym that I, I train at sometimes and uh, I like uh, some uh, pre-packed salads that they do I don't use all the sauce but um, I like their salads 
and I like their variety of frozen veggies and their, and their frozen uh, fruits and everything and it's really economical. Uh, so um, I, I stop off there. Now everything that went into my bag, apart from one thing, so I needed some shower wash stuff, everything else was plant-based food. It was salad. Uh, I didn't get any, fro I still had enough at home of frozen veggies, but it was that and three bags of frozen uh, fruit. That was my whole, my whole shopping there because I get my other stuff at another supermarket. Bizelli doesn't stock at all. Uh, but, you know, when you look at, at people's trolleys and you think, wow, and then you look at them and you say, wow, there's a reason why you're overweight. It's because you're eating too much of this. You're probably not exercising enough and you're just not giving your body the nutrients that it needs. Now, what I find is that people get into a rut. And we were having a discussion last night in one of our sessions. And I think there are things that we eat that once they're in our stomach, they connect with our mind to say, well, I need more of this or this is the only way that I can feel satisfied, etc. But the problem is you've been doing that same thing over and over, getting the same result and feeling lousy, but you still haven't broken that mind connection. If I use the example of bread, now bread has been around since medieval times. They used to make sourdough bread from you know sour leftover bits of bread. Uh, it was one of the, the main sources of their, their high energy food back then because it was kind of one of the, the easiest, even though there's a lot of work involved, and the easiest things that they could could make but the bread that they used to make then is nothing like the bread that we have nowadays and there are so many different types of it but my point is well actually one of the things that I noticed between Australia and the US one particular day I think I ordered an omelette and it came with some toast and the bread had so much more sugar content in it compared to uh, what we have here in Australia uh, it was almost like it was cinnamon toast it was you know it felt to me that sort tasted that sweet uh, but I think the bread can be addictive and if I use my myself as an example here uh, I find that when I'm and if you've listened to me all along you will have heard this before but I'm going to tell the story again but when I travel often the only food that is available uh, in airports and uh, you know if you're growing something quickly from from somewhere like a 7-eleven or you know one of those convenience little little places is a wrap like a say chicken turkey something like that and salad wrap now the problem is that it never has enough salad in it compared to how if I made it because I had lots of salad and vegetables and stuff so it never has enough of that and it always has um, too much uh, you know too much bread even though it's a wrap I wrapped around it so I find that I'll eat one and they're not really that filling because it's not plant-based food but there's nothing else around you know I can't it's it's often hard to find something I might buy a piece of fruit but I'm still 
finding that that's, that's not enough and I want more salad and you can't uh, get a salad unless you want to pay, you know, somewhere, uh, you know, there might be $15, $20, this tiny little, well, $20 is probably extreme unless you go out, but uh, yeah, you might be looking at $15 for this tiny little salad and it's like, I'm not going to pay 15 bucks for that. And uh, if I do that for two days in a row, I find that come the third day, I go looking for it. Now I think, what's going on here? Because I normally don't eat this. Uh, but when I do, I find that you know there's something in there with that mind connection that says, oh, I really feel like that today. But for me, I know that when I eat bread, and I don't have a gluten intolerance, uh, anything like that, I just feel more bloated. And there is, I believe, a bit of a myth that we have to ourselves, I say to ourselves that, you know, well, if I eat bread or bread products, then I will feel fuller. Now, if you look at it from a, a nutritional perspective, yes, it's got your higher energy food in there, but also a lot of people eat white bread, white, uh, you know, white rolls, white wraps, and you know, when you're buying these wraps from an airport or whatever, they're never wholemeal, they're always white ones. So all that processed flour and, and so forth, and they're just not, it's just not as satisfying, it does not fill you up uh, sufficiently. So where I typically get most of my high energy food from is uh, around a brown rice, or even some white rice, uh, but it's around rice, uh, not around bread. I very rarely eat bread uh, nowadays. So. Uh, I, if you listen to the podcast on Monday, it's Friday today, uh, you would have heard me saying that I had uh, some rye bread with the kids uh, for my breakfast with some eggs, and I had a slice, actually two slices of uh, fr this uh, fruit loaf. Now that's the, probably the first time in a month that I've had any bread, and so normally I'll have wholemeal, might have a slice or or two if I have. Uh, uh, you know, like an omelette or something like that sometimes, but I just haven't been doing that because I haven't felt like it and I have I've been feeling really great and really focused on my food and I thought, well, I don't need that at this time, so I'm going to do something else instead. And I'm always looking for the best quality of the high energy food, so and bread's not it for me, but I do it sometimes. And, uh, you know, for all of Monday, I felt off. You know, I just felt bloated, I... I didn't feel uh, like I was giving my body the right nutrition because I'd gone for a month without it. And it'll probably be another month before I, I do it again or, or more. Um, but my point was that these things can become addictive, whether there's something actually in it that makes it seem uh, addictive or whether it's just that mind connection to say, do you know what? I feel like bread, and we've been brought up, in my, certainly in my era, that all your lunches that you would have as a kid and everything are sandwiches, or rolls, or you know something like that. Uh, whereas there are many other other choices, and but also like the bread that I was eating as a child, I guarantee you, it's completely different to what it is now, uh, with the ingredients, the amount of sugar and and salt and all that kind of stuff that's in the bread now. Never mind the preservatives. I mean, I remember as a kid. If you didn't eat the bread within like two days or three days, it was mouldy. Now I reckon you can leave it for a week and it's still okay. Uh, so, you know, it's just different. And 
I think we, we get caught in this cycle of the way that we eat without making a conscious effort to change it. And we just think, oh yeah, well, this is what I'm doing. I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, look, I'll change in spring or whatever. Oh, look, I'll chuck in a salad here or there without saying, actually, do you know what? The, my whole formula for what I'm doing doesn't make sense because it doesn't have a long-term solution for you. And I think one of the other aspects is that when it comes to a, a weight loss journey or just a, a journey to improve your overall health, people make it seem too big. Like the, from where you are to where you want to be just seems like a, a far too greater step to take. So even starting it can seem too overwhelming. So what I'm going to do over the next week or so, maybe longer, and uh, may, maybe this will be the way for me moving forward to maybe help have a, a greater impact for people, is to just break things down into more simplistic elements. Because it, it doesn't matter if you don't change everything today. Like tomorrow is going to come and go. The sun will go down tonight, it'll come up tomorrow. The time of the rest of your life is going to pass anyway. So why don't we just make some small changes that can have a massive accumulative effect over the rest of your life? And I think when you make a small change and you start to feel benefits, then you'll want to make extra changes. And you don't have to, again, think, oh, well, I've got to make this small change and then, man, then I've got to make a big change. No, that's still too hard. I'm not going to do it. You've got to think, well, I'll make a small change here. I'm going to keep doing that change tomorrow and the next day because it's only a small one. And then maybe you get to that stage where you've been doing that small change for, it might be five days, it might be seven, it might be 400 and then you say, do you know what, I'm ready to take that next little change, make that next little step to improving my health forever. I'm not saying, okay, I'm going to go on this crash diet and I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I tell you now, that's not going to work because the step from where you are to where that is, is too big. So, today, I want you to focus on making this one small change to your life okay and once you start this change I want you to keep doing it it's only a little one okay so the step is doing what I'm doing right now taking more steps so I want you to make a conscious effort of moving more every day so if you are like me and wear a Fitbit or some similar device then you'll actually know you can track it Mathematically, I'm, a, I'm an extreme left-brain thinker, so I like numbers, statistics, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, so I aim for around the 10,000 steps a day. Uh, some, so this week, it's been a real struggle for me to get to that, that 10,000, but I'm averaging uh, over my 10,000 steps a, a day over the course of the week. But there's a couple of days where I was only in the nine. Actually, one day, I think, 
but that was Monday with the kids. I think I did 8,800. Uh, and uh, the rest of the days so I've been over 10, oh, sorry, about 10, 10, 8, 12, something like that. Last night was just under 10. Again, such a busy day yesterday. I couldn't get out. Today, I tell you, it will be over 10 uh, because I'm very focused on it. And I start to feel it in my back if I don't, if I don't do the things that I need to, like supporting my back. So I want you to work more. So if you're tracking it and you're currently doing your 10,000, then fantastic. Why don't you aim to do an extra 1,000 steps? If you're currently doing, say, 2,000, 3,000, and you might think, well, how can you only do that few? I have many clients when I first start with me that they're doing about 2,500, 3,000, 4,000 maybe steps a day just because they have sedentary jobs. Um, so what I want you to do is maybe focus on increasing by 10%. Okay? So if you're doing 5,000, for instance, Let's take it up to, what's 10% of 5,500? Take it up to 5,500. Okay, and then I want you to do that for a few days in a row. And then before you know it, without even realizing, you'll probably be at six or seven. And you'll just want to keep getting there because there's that thing in your head that says, I really want to get to 10,000 steps. Now, if you're not uh, tracking it via, you know, Fitbit or something like that, first thing I would suggest is, uh, if you're not averse to the technology, just go out and get one. They're not that expensive. You don't have to spend a lot of money on one. Do your research and find out which one is best for you. I mean, if I'm going to recommend one, uh, I would say do not buy the cheapest Fitbit. They tend to uh, expire just after their warranty period of 12 months. That's been my experience. I've gone through three of them. The one I'm wearing now, I've had for a two to three years. It's the Fitbit Ultra, so it's a bit more expensive, uh, but it's lasted uh, that long as well. And some of the cheap ones, they don't give you the number of steps on the actual device. You have to link it to your phone, uh, whereas this one, you double tap it and it gives you the, uh, the number of steps. But look, there's so many different ones and they're probably coming out all the time. Uh, but uh, invest in one, okay? Uh, worst case, cheapest case find one of those old style pedometers that you know physically clicks over uh, you put it on your belt you get them for probably about five less than ten dollars and that just does the same thing it just doesn't record it electronically but you can make a note of it and uh, just move more and all I'm asking for is an extra ten percent extra ten percent now I used to be an accountant and when uh, an auditor and if anything was 10% difference the accounting standard would say well that's considered a material difference and it needs to be disclosed so it's a material increase in what it is that you're currently doing so that's all I want you to do okay the only change that I want you to implement no matter where you are I want you to get an extra 10% on what it is that you're currently doing okay so for me I'll make that at least 11,000 steps for me today, just so that we do this together. And then tomorrow, I'll give you another one to do. But today, it's just move more. So that's me out today. I'm enjoying my beautiful walk in the sunshine. Got to go back and get stuck into some work. And uh, got a class coming up. And uh, then get on with the rest of my day. So you have a great day, whatever it is that you are doing, wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you tomorrow on Saturday. See you then.